Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hey Juicy Lemoners, before we start the show, we wanted to remind you to follow and subscribe to us on whichever podcasting app you're listening to. And as always, enjoy the show. Do you have tiger Asian parents? This week on Lemon, what do you do if your parents want you to have kids but you don't? And an Asian celebrity has made it to the list of sexiest person of 2020. And what does this mean for us? And as always, we have some new exciting recommendations to share with you this week. Each week we dissect the conversation Asian millennials are having, so don't go anywhere because you're listening to Lemon. What a time to smell the open fire and tangle Christmas lights and dress up a star. Hello, what welcome to another time. episode of Lemon. As always, my name is Phil Cooch. And my name is Thomas Tan. And Tom, this week I want to ask you if you were going to an Asian bakery, what is the first item you would pick from those shelves? This is a great question. For me, I normally go for, if they do sell banh mi, I normally go for like the roast pork options with no chili, of course. But I actually normally get like, you know, the cheese sticks? It's like a really long piece of bread with Mm -hmm. cheese on top. Um, I love the cheeses. There's one thing that you do like though. When we go to um, the Bon Bon Bakery, they have like the um, naan breads with cheese. (gasps) Oh, naan bread with, um, uh, it's like onion on top. Yes. So a bread top, bread top. Bread top has it, yeah. Whenever I go to bread top, I do normally get the naan bread which has pepper, onion, and cheese. And I don't know why it's my favorite. It's just so oily and it's so yum. It's just greasy. What about for you? <laughs> um, for me, I always love picking the sausage ones. The ones with the sausage in the middle. I don't know what they call <laughs> I just feel like they're good value for money because you're getting like protein and like... <laughs> Are you sure you get a lot of protein in sausages? I don't know, but I just love it. I just, and it's because like, I remember my mom would always buy them for our school lunches because she was too lazy to make us lunch. Oh, so she would just see. buy like a bunch and then yeah, she'll just pack it in our lunch boxes. But you have your own bakery now, so you can just pretty much get it for free. Yeah. So now I have my own <laughs> bakery and I can now bake it for free. Actually, you know what that introduction... I forgot to mention, you know for our introduction music, I went to have um, dinner with Lisa last night and she was saying how the new intro music, because I put in the Christmas to promote it. Oh, yeah. She said it felt really strange because she's so used to like the <laughs> and then suddenly she's like, what a time out of nowhere. Are we putting it in this week as well? I think we're going to put it in this week as well. Okay, we'll put it in. We'll until Christmas, maybe. Maybe we'll put it until Christmas just yeah. so that, you know, we can do some shameless self-promoting. I agree. I need to get paid. <laughs> but I did pre-order your album and I got it in um, delivered yesterday and it was all signed by all the band members of CDB and today you signed my, my copy as well. So I'm going to sell it when once you make it but i have to say you have to work on your autograph because it's the way you sign it you can't tell it's from you like it just seems like a random piece of scribble it's just like one of those like when you're practicing back in like math class in high school that was the, the signature that i did to practice when i go for like you know contracts and stuff like that so that's the only thing that i ever known well i think you need to work on it but on the topic of signature though i do know what you mean because i remember when i got my first license the person asked me to sign it 
and I was not prepared for it. I, was, I didn't know that I had to sign something. Exactly, this is use of practice. Yeah, and then they asked, they, I asked them, I was like, is this going to be what I have to sign forever? And she's like, yes. So then I have this really weird um, signature of just my initials. And oh, now, no. That's now so I, easy to copy. I know, now I'm stuck with it. I can't change it now. But I guess nowadays, people don't even look at your signature. I mean, they used to look at your signature when you purchase something like on receipts, but I don't think they do that anymore. No, I think it's just all pins now. Also, just a shout out to CDB. Like these people are incredibly talented and they actually put my name on the album, like the sheet. And that's quite rare for a songwriter yeah. to get as well. So they've very, been very gracious, very kind. So guys, if you guys are listening to the song, thank you so much. Please stream it. Another tip as well, you can stream it and just kind of mute the volume on Spotify. So I continue <laughs> to get, get the stream and actually get paid, but you didn't have to listen to it to the point that you get annoyed. So if you can do that, that's another bonus as well. Let's take a live look now outside. Ladies and gentlemen of America, Ariana Grande licked and spit on the merchandise. There can be a hundred people in the room. Lady Britney alone. Catch me outside. How about that? Rise and shine. China. 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 So our first segment today is about someone that posted a post in Subtle Asian Traits. And so it was written by a guy named John Brown Jr. So he writes... Do your Asian parents get so angry at you for choosing to be child-free? My mom slapped me so hard in the face in front of my fiancé and we started throwing harsh words at each other. She said I betrayed her and I'm putting shame on our family generation. So I stopped visiting her and cut contacts with her and I told her that she doesn't need to be angry and emotional about my decision. But she continues to call me coward and selfish. And this post kind of went viral in subtle Asian traits. But before we delve a bit deeper into this topic about Asian parents um, wanting us to have kids and having grandkids. I just want to get an idea from, you know, what you think about the general consensus and the general view of Asian parents towards people who don't want to have kids. Mm, it's a bit... I mean, a lot of Asian families, they believe that having big families, because a, a lot of them, our parents come from me- mega big families. Like my mom has, I think, seven sisters and two brothers. So she comes from a family of 10 people. So for her, having a big family means prosperity, wealth, you know, and it's kind of like a little bit Asian-minded that kids are a bit like an investment. The more kids you have, the more successful you'll be, right? That's so The true. more they'll give you money back and you'd have to go to a nursing home, right? But I think our generation is... a not a little, but a lot different. I think the like the Asian parents would say that we're whitewashed. Yeah, our views about families have been whitewashed by like Australia, Australian <laughs> or America. But what's weird? I mean, shout out to the girl who got slapped by her mom in front of a boy. That's really sad and really dramatic. Yeah, it so just dramatic. sounds like it just came from like a Korean drama. But whoever you are, I hope you're okay. But I guess when when I look at from when I was younger, I did have the mindset where. I wanted to have lots of kids when I got, I was like, oh, by the t- like, I gave myself a time frame. By, that, by the time I hit 25, I'll be married. I have two kids. And this is when I was 16. I'm going to be 25, have two kids. I'm going to have a stable career. And shit, I'm 26 and look at me now. Yeah, time's running out. <laughs> I think like, you're, like you said, like, um, you know, Asian families, the, the, the dynamics our parents grew up, it's very different. different. So in Asian countries... I think they, they, what do they call it? I think they call it like a nuclear family where... What's that? Where like a traditional household would look like two, two, two... Actually, I don't know what that means. I just remember my sociology class. So, okay, let's not use that terminology. Okay. But I, what I can say is that what I observe from my family who live in Cambodia, right? They all, like their lives revolve around, you know, having a big family. Like you said, like because they grew up in big families. Like my mom had 
has eight siblings. My dad has 10 siblings. And their view is when they see someone who doesn't want to have kids, they see them as selfish. That as in like, they don't want to, you know, populate the world with more kids. Talking about Asian parents and kids, um, I just feel like, like, I think we kind of touched on it a bit, but I feel like, you know, we, a lot of us have Asian tiger parents and, you know, throughout our lives and throughout adulthood, they are the ones calling the shots in our lives, you know, like what course you're going to study, um, whether you can date or not, you know, during uni and whether you, when you start in your 20s and stuff. And then suddenly, you know, at a certain age during your 20s, they just, they, there's like a flick of a button and they're like, okay, I want you to have kids now. Mm. And then, so it's just like, at what point do we get to live our own life? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I've noticed with a lot of Asian parents? They want us to do what they want at their own term and their own time. Especially my mom gets that too. So for example, like she's asked me to take out the rubbish, but I'm in the middle of a meeting. She'd be like, take out the rubbish now. And I'm, I'm in the middle of a meeting. I can do it after. She's like, no, do it now. So I feel like this is like a very Asian mentality that you have to control. control Dictatorship. Your- Dictatorship. <laughs> I was not that bad, but they just want things to do things at their own time. So don't get a boyfriend. Don't get a girlfriend. 21, 22. Don't get a girlfriend. Focus on your study. 25. Where are my grandkids? 26. Yeah. Like I haven't had a chance to date yet. Exactly. You want me to have kids? Exactly. So then I guess a lot of people our age are trying their best to follow what the parents are. And like kudos to them for doing so. But at the same time, I think a lot of us need to have an open dialogue with our parents and not slap your kids in front of their boyfriend or the girlfriend just because they don't want to have kids. Yeah, I just think at some point, like, we just need to... I think I've done it with my parents where I've kind of, like, asserted to them that I'm going to live my life the way that I want and my mom has definitely think I'm whitewashed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, whereas where I see my sister, she is um, 23 this year and she's still living that under that dictatorship under my parents. Is she? Yeah, she's pretty much living under the dictatorship oh. under my parents. So I just feel like there is like a boundary we need to cross with our parents to gain that control of our life and, you know, for us to be calling the shots and for us to not just be their puppet, do you know what I mean? Um, so my next question to you is, why do you think Asian parents are so persistent about having grandkids? I don't know. I think it just gives them a sense of purpose. I think it comes down to... Their original purpose was to get us into an amazing life, amazing education, into a developed country where they don't have to worry about things financial. So they've done that hard yard. And now they're at an age where they're like 50s or 60s, like, crap, what's next? Like, hello, I've done my job. Now I want something else to look forward to. And I think children is that next step where it brings them extra joy, where it's do you know when you, you take care of something, you don't have to take care of it fully. You just take like the fun part of mm. taking care of something. Like when I go over to my friends, how they have a dog or I have a dog too, but like I go, I play with their puppy. I'm like, Oh, so cute. And then I don't have the responsibility to actually take care of yeah. them. And I think that gives them a bit of a purpose in their lives. I have a much more cynical view of this. Oh I think gosh. there's definitely some parent, like some parents who want their kids to have, you know, kids. Is it in, like to do with that bloodline? I'm not going to say bloodline, but I was going to say, I think it's more of a clout thing. Because the thing Ooh. I've noticed with my my mom in particular, the only time she'll bring up about me having kids uh, is in front of her friends. And I feel like for them, having grandkids is a sign of prosperity and, you know, and your bloodline extending and stuff mm. like that. So it's like, like, yeah, it's a prosperity thing. And I feel like for them, having grandkids 
is to show off to their friends. Be like, wow, look at my kids. They're so successful. They have, you know, they have their own kids now. And it's that sort of thing. Um, I do have a story actually quite similar, but it was actually on the opposite spectrum. So one of someone who I do know, a very, very, very close family friend of mine, um, she actually got pregnant prior to her getting married. So she was only like 16 or 17 at the time. But what happened after that, they just dropped all contact. Like they just disappeared off the earth. And then we never saw her for many, many, many years. And then there was a story where... Um, that family friend auntie would say to all of us, oh, you know, my daughter's busy. She's got uni to do. And then we suddenly seeing this little boy in a lot of uh, my auntie's family, my friend, family friend aunt's photos. And we're all like, who's that boy? Who's that really young boy? And then she was like, oh, you know, just my neighbor's kid. And a couple of years, remember like five to 10 years later, we find that that's actually her grandson. But because the daughter, her daughter got pregnant prior to getting married, she felt that shame. She couldn't tell anybody about it. And because it didn't line up, with her life, with her the traditional path. her traditional pathway, where yeah. you date, then you get married, and then you have kids. But because the other last two got flipped around, she felt this immense shame, and then she ostracized her daughter and her grandson from the rest of the world, which I think is really sad. That that's a nice segue to my next question. Um, why do you think the OP's parents said that he betrayed them and brought shame to their family by not following it? Yeah, I think it just comes down to disrespect where we sacrifice everything for you, now you have to do exactly what we say. And I think that's the same way, I mean, with our parents, that's exactly what happens to them. That's the way they were raised, right? That if they didn't do everything that our grandparents told them to do, they'll pretty much get caned or get smacked. So I think that's their language of love t- towards their daughter. Discipline, fear, which is actually not very nice. <laughs> I saw like your facial expression change and he's like, oh, that's not, that's not actually nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I would love to know about everyone else thinks. Like, um, do you have an advice for this person? Like, what would you say? Um, and also, do you have your own experiences about telling your parents and talking about this topic with them? Um, head over to our Facebook page or Instagram page to listen to what you think. There'll be more lemon coming up, but first, here's a few words from today's sponsor. So Who magazine in Australia have named the sexiest person in 2020? And to be honest, I'm a bit surprised, but an Asian person has made it onto the cover of the magazine as the, you know, the sexiest person in Australia. I mean, we are, pre- we are a pretty sexy race. Like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Hello. Well, it's the first time I think an Asian has, has appeared on the magazine of the world's, you know, the world's, is it world's sexiest person or sexiest who, person? Australian. According, according to Who magazine. Who magazine, yeah. And so Melissa Luang, who was a judge of MasterChef this year, um, was named as the sexiest person in 2020. And the reason why, as we mentioned, it is significant because it the list ever you know features an Asian person on the list. So Tom, I want to know, growing up, do you remember many Asian people being celebrated as sexy in Australia? Uh, no, like the only lady Asian girl or Asian female that I've actually seen growing up is Kathleen from High Five. But was she I, on the sexiest list? I don't think so. Actually, the second one I've actually this is the only person I've ever seen on the sexiest person list who is Asian is Community Channel. I was gonna say that <laughs> she was in um. Mac- 
Maxim. Maxim, which is like a Playboy magazine sort of type. But I remember the day that she announced it on her YouTube channel that she got dubbed as one of the top sexiest Maxim girls. She said that she felt strange because next to her was like Jennifer, whatever. Hawkins. Hawkins. And another one was like a celebrity A-list Hollywood star. So for her to make it to be sitting or standing next to these women in this beautiful spread of magazine, it felt strange. Yeah, that's actually, that's a really interesting point. It's, it was something I was going to bring up, but I think the reason why, I want to ask you, why do you think Melissa Long was named as the sexiest person in 2020? Honestly, besides that, the fact she does deserve it, I will say that she deserves it. She's smart. She's bright. She's talented. I reckon who magazines or whoever's in charge realize it's time to celebrate Asian diversity because we see a lot of Asian news that a lot of people who are of color, who are in the minority section are not being represented properly. So if you have a look, I was actually having a look on her article by who she said in her spread to be an Asian woman on the cover of the sexiest issue will also mean something to others who aren't used to seeing difference in this capacity. So Melissa realizes what, the significance and the importance of her being in the magazine, celebrating Asian women. And then on top of that, she goes on to give a shout out to a lot of other women who she believes is quite sexy. And her definition of sexy is fearless and confidence. And she goes on to, you know, to talk about um, actresses from Italy. And I think she gave a shout out to AOC, Alexandra Ocari cortez So it's all these intelligence spark knowledge which is why i think that she got nominated at sexy i think yeah australia in 2020 really fell in love with melissa luang was because she's such an intelligent person and the way that she described the food and talks about things and her vocab is it like, is girl <laughs> i don't know she like reads the dictionary before she goes to sleep or the thesaurus <laughs> but the reason why I wanted to ask you that was you put up a really good point about community channel. Like she, when she was in that, you know, that spread of the sexiest women in, in, in Australia, she was right next to supermodels and stuff mm. like that. So isn't it interesting that when, when these magazines and these publication acknowledge Asian people as sexy, it's not in the conventional way of like beauty, like it's like a C double B. Yeah. Cup, it's more about abs. It's more about they find the intelligence and that their personality is sexy. Mm. And I think that's, it's really interesting that the way that, you know, people see in Australia, see Asian, how Asian people are sexy. Good point. Because all of us are like really good at maths, right? So they probably see our intelligence as really attractive. But I actually think this is actually quite a positive thing too, because it comes from a mindset where we shift to tra- traditional values of beauty just to be the outer appearance. So that's a little bit more beauty on the inside. It is. But like, I also want to point out, you know, I would love to see people like Asian people being celebrated like Asian beauty being celebrated, you know? I think like actual, not actual, but like <laughs> hot, hot Asian people. Like just who's that girl? Miss A, that girl. What's her name? Miss Susie. Susie, like Susie on a cover, be like world's hottest, sexiest girl 2020. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I want to say like, you know, I'm all about celebrating people's, you know, sexiness in other ways other than just actual beauty. But what I meant is, you know, I want people to see that Asian people as attractive people because growing up, you know, I've always felt that other people that aren't Asian weren't attracted to me. And by having people like Melissa Luang on this list, it makes us feel, you know, a lot of Asian children, especially, accept the way they look, you know, accept that their eyes are tiny and that their eyes are a bit, you know, lantern, <laughs> which is fine. That's which just, is fine. This is just the way that we look, you know, mm. or that... 
you know, the color of our skin is is beautiful. Like the, I want that to be celebrated. And I feel like, like, like we mentioned, a lot of these publications celebrate mm. Asian because of, of our intelligence mm. and the way that our work ethic rather yeah. and our culture, rather than the way we look. Exactly. And I want everything to be celebrated. You know mm. what I mean? I guess I get to see, I see exactly where you're coming from and you actually have every right to feel that way. I think this probably is a stepping stone. It might take a couple more years for them to actually see, damn, like, wow, your Asian slanty eyes is beautiful. Your pale skin is so nice or your dark skin is so nice. And I think it's going to take a lot of time to get there. One thing which isn't helping either is that a lot of Asian people are modifying their faces to have more westernized features. And I guess I see that as... Yes, it's more attractive in the Western media, but embrace your flat nose, embrace your tiny eyes, embrace the fact that you have a lot of... Embrace it all, you know what I mean? So I think we as a community, like we can't just push all the blame to these media covers. Oh my gosh, we want more Asian representation. We also need to do something too. I think it's a paradox. You know, the reason why people are modifying their bodies to look more white is mm. because we're, our bodies... These are bodies, the only things that we're seeing. Yeah, and our bodies aren't... Like, our body and the, our faces and our beauty isn't being celebrated. It's just, yeah, this weird paradox. But... <laughs> good point. But, you know, like, look, I, I'm celebrating every success we can get now, but I would love to see more Asian men being celebrated as sexy as well. Because, you know, these lists feature... Like, you know, I hate to be that person complaining about something when we're getting something. But, you know, Asian men are never seen as sexy in Hollywood, especially like we mentioned this before we recorded, you know, about Crazy Rich Asian, how that was such a big stepping stone for a lot of, um, for a lot of Asians a- in Asian, white media. Yeah, Asian in white media. But, you know, they couldn't even cast a full Asian. Like, I love Henry Golding. Like, he is sexy and stuff like that. But he's half white, you know. Why can't we have a full Asian person? Like, why do they feel like the need to have, like, half Asian, you know? I think it's, yeah, I think I get where you're coming from. But I still think it's going to take a lot more time. The fact they do casting Henry Golding, who is Malaysian and half white, I think that's a brilliant thing. And I think... But they did that in Dragon Ball Z as well, where they casted Goku as half white. The thing with people who are half Asian, half white... They have, they're seen as, I mean, a lot of people or media seen them as a bit exotic. And I think they too, I feel a little bit sexualized sometimes that they only, whoa, you're half of your hot. And they're only, a lot of people who chase halfy people, I guess, do have that kind of halfy fetishing piece, kind of that trait. And it's a bit hard. I, I don't have the answer, but I feel it as a stepping stone. I mean, seeing Henry Golding on the big screen is better than it's so much better than seeing a white person mm. paint their face yellow. Look, look, like I said, I hate to be that person pointing this out, but I just need to point it out. No, you just point devil's advocate. I think it's fine because you know, like, you know, I think we've reached a point where we can have Asian, an Southeast Asian or an Asian-looking woman on the screen now as the main character, like Constance Wu now. But we haven't reached the point where we can have an Asian man who's fully asian as mm. i don't know actually i'm digging myself a hole here i don't want to no, say i, get, no, I, get I don't want to say I don't, I don't want to say half white like halfies aren't fully asian what i mm. meant is the appearance wise you know like mm. a lot of us suffer this dysphoria because we don't mm. we don't feel like we're out the way that we look is being you know accepted in, mm. in the wider community so you want this like what you're trying to say that you you want to see someone with Flat nose, pale skin, or dark skin. Someone who just looks who like looks me. Looks like yep, hundred yeah. percent. And on the big screen, because otherwise, you know, we're gonna keep facing this 
we're gonna f- keep feeling like we're we don't belong. Isn't like that? What's that comedian chick from Crazy Rich Asians? The one who has her own movie. The one with the really Aquafina. cool voice. Aquafina, a little bit like her. I mean, she's like she's doing a lot of ways bigger than we can actually understand too. But even for me, like. I'm so pale. Like I'm ridiculously pale. And I feel like a lot of Asian guys who are super pale, that's for me. I wish that was more celebrated a little bit more on white media, but my time will come. <laughs> well, look, let's just celebrate what we have. Um, congratulations to Melissa Luong. I think she definitely mm-hmm. deserves it. And I think, you know, Australia and a lot of people around the world have fallen in love with her just because she's so, not only she's beautiful, but because she's so smart and intelligent. And, I, and she really does represent all of us and I feel like no pressure to you Melissa Luong but you you're just killing it girl all right it's recommendation time Tom do you want to recommend something or am I recommending I, something I'll recommend something okay, this week go for it because usually I, I, I think I diagnosed myself this week I realized that the reason why I can't get into a lot of Netflix shows it's because it stars real life people, and I don't know why. But and but when I'm watching like Avatar, right, it's so much easier for me to digest. I'm like, wow, this is so entertaining. So this week, I actually started a new anime, and um, I actually got inspired by a lot of people who dress up and post on Southern Asian traits. The anime is called Demon Slayer. Have you seen an ad- some Southern Asian traits where girls are dressing up with something in their mouths? I don't know. Have you seen this on Southern Asian? Like a lot of this. Oh, I've seen some people post on Facebook, yeah. So a lot of people on Southern Asian Trades post this, and I was like, what is this? Like, why is everybody, why is this little small girl, why is there something always in her mouth? And I also thought, like, this is a little bit creepy, a little bit sexual, and she's just like... What, sort of what is it in her mouth? I think it's like a bamboo. Oh. So the reason why I started to watch this is because I was doing a bit of, like, I wanted to watch something new. So I looked up Demon Slayer because of this, people have been posting about it, and it's a anime about this guy whose whole family is murdered by a demon. And then this, her youngest sister, I think her name is Nezuko, got possessed by a demon. And the pretty much the synopsis is that he's trying to cure her. So he has to put that bamboo in her mouth or else the... The, the ghost will come after her, the, the demons? The, go, the ghost or demon inside her will, will eat him. So I guess that's like a protection. But then I think for me, the reason why I like watching a lot more anime than real life TV is because it's a lot more fun. I don't more, know. I think the characters are more animated. Like, not, not in terms of actually animated, but isn't like, they're more like... <laughs> I don't know. They're just the like heck? very loud. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I mean, anime, they always make really high screeches. Oh, like a Pikachu. Yeah, and I just can't... That's the reason why I can't get into anime. That's why when I recommend you to watch um, Avatar, you always like, oh, watch it in the morning. That's my, my morning TV show. But you never watch it. I can't get into it. I can't get into real life TV or Korean dramas too because I feel like it's unrealistic. And when I watch animation, knowing it's unrealistic, I was like, oh, I can digest this. What? That makes sense. You can that shoot- does not make sense at all. It does because it's a cartoon because it's not real. <laughs> but Korean dramas, you can tell it's not real so no but no it's so bullshit it's like you have this korean drama guy where he's like trying to save this girl and let's say she's falling off a bridge he'll somehow fly and catch it i'm like (laughs) what is this bullshit korean drama i don't understand or a parachute lady who fly from south korea to north korea get trapped there (laughs) i was like what is it this will never happen so that's why i can't get into it but if i watch an anime about a girl who from south korea parachutes her way into north korea it's like I believe you, homegirl. I believe you. Oh my god, this does not make sense at all. It does. So, what's this called again? So, this is called Demon Slayer, and I think it started off with a manga, as all anime. Like I used to watch Bleach, Naruto back in the day, but I just enjoy watching anime. 
look, I can't get into anime, so I'm going to recommend you a Korean drama. Oh, <laughs> okay. So this Korean drama, actually, um, Susie from Miss A is in it, so we talked about Ooh. her earlier. But it is a Korean drama called Startup, and it's about um, these people who want to start their own companies, and they, and it's kind of like based on Silicon Valley. Do you know what Silicon Valley is? Is that Facebook? That's where Facebook headquarters is. So Silicon oh. Valley is like a city in, um, I think it's near San Francisco, where a lot of the tech companies are. So like Uber and stuff like that. That's where all the head offices, all these big tech companies are. Whenever I hear Silicon Valley, I think of like actual, like a legit valley and there's Facebook's like right in the center. Well, Facebook is pretty much there. <laughs> it is pretty much like everyone goes to Silicon Valley because Facebook is there. Hey. But there's, it's a very entrepreneur city. So a lot of, um, mm. a lot of companies start up there. So... Yeah, so this, this 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 drama is about Susie starting a company and um, starting her own technology company. But yeah, besides that, there's a really cool love story behind it as well. <laughs> this is the problem. Like, why? Like, how can you start a full-on entrepreneur, start a company in Silicon Valley, and yet pursue love at the same time? No, it's a bit unrealistic. Because like, well, where, where would you have the time to do that? Exactly. Um, but look, it's not impossible. But, it's- but let me tell you a bit of the love story because it's actually a really good love story. So Susie, when she was younger, um, her parents got divorced, and her sister left with her mom and her and her stepdad, and she stayed back with her dad. But then her dad passed away, so she felt alone. So her grandma um, convinced this little boy to write letters to her and pretend he was someone else that he wasn't. So he was writing his love letters to her, and then over the years they kind of like gone really close to each other, and then. Suddenly he suddenly he moved to a different city and he stopped writing her letters. So then she was like hungover about you know this, these love letters and and um kept thinking about him until like her late twenties, and then um yeah and then one day she she tries to meet up with him again and then her grandma freaks out and then she tries to find someone to um to pretend to be him and they found this guy and then um. This guy pretends to be him, but he's actually not that guy who wrote those letters. And then the guy who actually wrote those letters comes back into the picture. Ew. Are you still with me? No, I'm not. I'm lost. He lost me at the gra- the dad died and then they pretended to get another boy to write her letter. I just don't get it. It's a beautiful love story. Is the person who is the real person, the love letter writer, is he really good looking? They're both good looking. Exactly. Like, this is not real life. Uh, and we just talked about celebrating realness in Asian media. Hello, South Korea. Hi, a lot more non-good looking people. I know. No, we're all not that ridiculously good looking. Okay, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess you're watching, um, what's the drama called again? Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. And if you're into Korean dramas, you can watch Startup, um, which features Susie. And that's all we have time for. And as always, thank you so much for making this far to the end of the show. If you guys love what we're listening to, please follow us on Facebook. Hit us up in the DMs and Instagram if you have anything that you want to say. Also, make sure you hit us up on Acast, Apple, Spotify. And if you can, please stream my song on Newt. We'll see you guys next week on Tuesday. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.